You can support this show at patreon.com slash ASA podcasting. This is Preston Garvey, Commonwealth Minuteman. Grafton's mayor. I got word of a settlement that needs our help. I need you to get up to Sanctuary. Yet another set of remains has been unearthed. Mark the location on your map. Welcome to the 383rd episode of the longest running podcast on Fallout in the world. <laughs> it's the Fallout feed. Welcome, everybody. Well, you're stuck with the cleanup crew tonight. Andrew is enjoying himself on a beach somewhere. So joining me tonight is Jess. Hey, Ray. Greetings, everybody. And Clint. Good evening, all. And I'm Ray, and we are going to have some fun tonight. It's going to be a pretty routine episode. We're going to talk about our gameplay. We're going to play a game. We're going to cover news and just kind of chat and have a good time. Sounds fantastic. And I think we're going to talk about the step-by-step building of a a PC from scratch. (laughs) Might not get that deep into it. It's already mostly built at this point. Oh, okay. I haven't done that since I built a 8080 oh, way back. <laughs> oh my goodness. Is that pre-Pentium? Yeah, yeah. the 8088. That's, that's, that's the original PC. Yep. Yeah. You had to buy it in bits and put it together. Yeah. Run off a five and a quarter inch floppy drive. Yeah. And those were the days. Yeah. <laughs> For sure. Well, the reason you brought up the whole PC thing is because that's my project this week. I ordered a new PC. And was going to ask you guys for some opinions on it because, well, I mean, it's lovely. It's here. It's not on right now. I'm surrounded by PCs because in order to set it up, I'm getting the one built while the other one's running. And then I'm going to transfer stuff over time. Yeah. I have a couple questions about like what you install first, how you guys go about setting up a new PC. Yeah, yeah. For me, it's always the operating system. Well, yeah. I've got that. <laughs> I got that. It'd be running 11, wouldn't it? It is. So it is, yeah. It's a pre-built, although I'm adding some stuff afterward, but Mm -hmm. I got pre-built. We'll just get into it then. So it is a Windows 11 machine. It's a Ryzen 5 5600X. I found a good deal on it. My last couple of PCs I've gotten through CyberPower, but they didn't have a great deal this time or I would have had to wait for someone to build it. So I went with pre-built. I'm waiting on an NVMe drive to come in and some more memory and all that good stuff. It's going to be a good system. My card, Ray, is a 3060. Nice. Yeah. I didn't, Mm -hmm. I don't have the in at micro center to get like the upgrade, (laughs) the bounce up to like a 3070. Oh yeah. No, you're in a lot of ways. The 3060 is a better card because of the way that NVIDIA does their systems. One card will get you more shaders and the other card will get you more memory and better processor. So there's a lot of trade-offs. And in a lot of cases, the 60 card, it works better than the 70. That's cool. That's good to hear. I was looking at the various specs and in some ways, if I could have gone an older generation, but a higher level card, it seems to balance out. Like this has 12 gig memory on the card. So it's going to be great. And I said, I bought extra memory (laughs) because I got one with 16 gig, but I do a lot of, as you know, video editing and streaming. So I have 32 gig in my current PC. So I I ordered that. Yeah. If you're going to do that kind of stuff, you definitely need the extra memory. If all you were going to do is play games on it, you'd be able to get by on 16, no problem. 
Yeah. But no, but definitely the more the merrier when you're trying to, to do a lot of processing. That's kind of what I found with the current setup is that the more memory made a huge difference. It doesn't change speed, but it lets you jump into Photoshop and have a bunch of things running or editing 4K video. And oh, it's going to yeah. be so much faster. Anyway, it came on Wednesday and I spent all night doing the basic, like getting it turned on, getting the updates, restart, more updates, restart, more updates. Yeah. Where the heck is the buttons I'm looking for? The start menu is in the middle now. It's weird. Windows mm -hmm. 11 seems a little bit like Windows 10.5. But enough changed that I'm still having trouble finding things. You can put that start button back across to the left. Yeah, um, I saw that. But you can't have yep. your taskbar spread out. There are definitely a few differences I'll get used to. But yeah, so I guess I was asking about must-have utilities and things to install. Because right now it's a totally fresh, clean installation. It's just got Windows, nothing else yet. I need yeah. to know. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, you always just go through and independently check all the drivers to make sure that you've got all the latest drivers. Also go through and on a machine like that, I would load Revo Uninstaller. Oh, yes. Revo Uninstaller. Okay. Yeah. Because in order to make PCs affordable, companies that build these machines add a bunch of software that people pay them to add to the machine to help supplement their cost of equipment. And so there's a lot of stuff on there you don't want and you don't need. And Revo Uninstaller is the absolute best way to do it because it actually digs into the registry and strips out all the registry entries for these uh, different software packages. See, that's great. I've gotten in trouble with some tools in the past doing registry cleanup. I mean, it can work. I've used mm -hmm. different tools, but uh, sometimes they're a little too aggressive and cause trouble. Revo's tried and true. That's one I've used forever. Those are the things I was kind of thinking about. CPU-Z is a good one to take a look at the actual hardware you have, right? Is that still the best yep. one or is there, yep. there another tool for that? No, that's pretty solid. That's going to give you a good look at some of the details that Windows doesn't think you need to know when you're working on your equipment. So Exactly. Yeah. So they didn't have a whole lot of bloatware on there, but there's still a few proprietary things. Yeah. I've got one called Driver Easy that, that checks all of your hardware and, and mm. looks for the latest updates on drivers for them. It's pretty good. Yeah. Okay. So that's sure. good to check the specs while I'm getting stuff installed. And then, of course, I'm going to get Steam on there. I did check. So one of my goals this week was to install Fallout 1 like we've been talking about. I'm going to start that PC playthrough in October. It's the anniversary. It's now or never to meet that gaming resolution. I did check. And apparently, I do own copies of the first couple Fallouts on Steam and GOG. I guess I'm going to try installing the Steam copy first. But it's funny. I never bought it on Steam. When I transferred all my licenses from Bethesda, the copies I own through Bethesda Net, because being mm -hmm. a good customer and you get it free with every purchase, <laughs> it yeah. seemed to transfer to Steam too, which was kind of neat to see. Yep, I've got it there waiting on Steam to use if I want. I'm excited. When I built the PC that I'm on right now and that I've been using, the very first thing I did was play Skyrim on it, of course, right? You have to have that game that you test your PC with. So I did my ultra modded Skyrim run and that's what I did on the new PC for like the first six months. So on this one, I feel like I need to do like a Ray style modded Fallout 4 playthrough or something. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And so then some simple stuff like make sure you install Steam in its own folder. 
Um, yes. not, don't let it auto load into your programs file. Does, does it and do that automatically? No, it, it wants to load it into the program files. So you have to direct it away from there. I still keep it in the root directory, but there's all kinds of weird permissions stuff that happens to the programs that get put into the program and program yeah. 86 folders user access control and what doesn't let you do, especially if you're modding anything. That was yeah. a huge problem for me on Windows 7 and 8 at first. Well, even more so on Vista, but we don't speak of that. I'm used to this kind of stuff, but it's been so long since I set up a new PC. And now you're running your OS on a SSD drive. Yeah. So I've got a 500 gig SSD as my main system drive. Okay. My current one is a 256 SSD. So I've got that and I've got more room. So I like to put Bethesda stuff on the uh, SSD just because all the textures and stuff, it'll load faster. <laughs> mm -hmm. But then everything else, yeah. I currently have a data drive. So my Steam goes on my F drive, which is where all my Steam apps go. But I don't know if I can move that drive over. I ordered another drive to be able to put in here that is also solid state. So I might have a solid state data drive as well. You should be able to move the hard drive over because it doesn't have the OS on it. It only came um, with a 650 watt power supply. Doesn't that feel underpowered to you? Yeah. That's the one thing I'm not exactly happy about, but the processor and the card it has doesn't seem to pull that much power. I've got a thousand watt gold in the other PC that I could move over, but it just got to get used to figuring it all out, you know? Yeah. Well, awesome. and you don't want to tweak it too much as far as the hardware goes before you've had a chance to burn it in a little bit and make sure there isn't any issues that you need to send it back for or anything. Yeah, absolutely. It did start up then updated. One of my cooling fans doesn't spin, but it lights up purple and that's what counts, right? <laughs> <laughs> well, that just it's means a, that it's on a thermostat. And so it's when cool it's color. needed, it'll come on. Oh my goodness. I bet you're right. Yeah. Because yeah, if it, it has lights, power. it has power. Mm -hmm. And if it has power, then it can spin. I mean, unless there's something jammed in the blades, but you might notice that. Purple's a cool color. So, you know. Yeah. yeah very cool. Exactly. <laughs> It's funny. The very first thing I did after I set it up besides doing updates was like, oh, how does this new RGB stuff work? Oh, the keyboard lights up too? Oh, the mouse? Oh my goodness. So, yeah. <laughs> anyway, having all kinds of fun. I'm happier than a pig. And uh, But it'll be like over the next week or two, probably getting this set up and running because in business, you don't want to make a major change in production and I stream and podcast and all that on this PC. So I'm just slowly migrating. Is the plan. Yeah. Even though I want um, it now, I, I wanted to swap it and then spend like two days doing nothing but playing games on it, but I'm being good. I'm just wondering if you're going to have enough room on that half terabyte C drive. No, mm -hmm. not for everything, but that's why I've got another drive coming. That's a terabyte yeah. solid state. So I've got that. Yeah. I've got a couple of two terabyte externals and I've got my old one terabyte data drive. So I should be more than fine if I get plugged yep. in, but the power, I've got to make choices. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, I started to run out with a half terabyte because I wanted to put all of the Fallout stuff on the C drive. Yeah. And with the number of saves I have on Fallout 4, which is a lot, I was running out of room. Do you guys Very have the quickly. same attitude I do then? Like your more intensive games or stuff with a lot of textures you want to have on the faster drive? Oh, yeah, you want it on your fastest drive. Well, that's my only game, so. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> there is no Sorry. other. There's only Fallout. <laughs> yeah. That is beautiful. Well, I just wanted to ask you guys about that and tell you about my exciting new thing. I've needed yeah. a new PC. I mean, this guy I built in early 2015, the one that I've been using. And yeah, I've upgraded the video card and swapped the processor once and stuff, but it was getting long in the tooth. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> well, I built mine three years ago and I'm starting to think that. So. <laughs> yeah. So seven, uh, I can't believe it's still running. I guess I took good care of it. I need to go make sure I can secure a copy of the Windows 10. They're still available. I will let you know about any issues I run into because Windows 11 isn't quite there yet, but it seems okay. You know what I mean? It seems like they streamlined and took out some extra stuff. I'm happy with it. There's a few things that you've got to do differently and annoyed me to start with, but it trained me. I'm getting better. <laughs> As a good computer will. Yeah, that's right. Indeed. Yeah, well, that's very exciting. I'd be anxious to hear its uh, progression. And it means we're going to see a lot more of you playing Fallout on PC in 76. Probably not. <laughs> Unfortunately, I only so much time, but maybe a little more well got to test it out make sure I, it works i've already done expeditions on pc so i'm getting there well, that's better than me <laughs> <laughs> speaking of expeditions and pc do you guys want to talk gameplay let's do it okay well let's see clint you are our returning guest tonight let's hear about some of that game you've been playing fallout fallout 4 fallout 76 what have you been playing yeah we're back into 76 again now the season's restarted so charlene and i are both doing our dailies as you know charlene's now retired so we get plenty of time to do it nice. together again which is good we're both on rank 54 at the moment so oh, i'm on three. rank five plus four too <laughs> <laughs> yeah but we're doing all of the dailies every day sort of thing so that's without overdoing we're not doing the ten thousand repeat ones <laughs> i actually forgot you could do it because i play on custom so often but this time also we haven't claimed anything off the scoreboard so it's all sitting there waiting to be claimed oh you're letting those bubbles build up it drives yep. me crazy when a few friends do that and, and i get a look at their screen like i just i cannot imagine it's like someone handing you bubble wrap and then saying yep. you can't pop them like why it's so satisfying yeah it is but just for fun this time but the only ones we have taken are the the boost where you mm -hmm. what first boost so you get more xp from it you got to get those. So yeah, you said you're at rank 54. That's pretty good. Mm -hmm. So we're on 15% extra score now, so which is good. I didn't understand that. <laughs> it's my friend just <laughs> <was> listening. <laughs> uh, <laughs> that is staying in the show for sure. Yeah, and I love that you've got grumpy old man voice on your phone. <laughs> And I didn't understand that. <laughs> oh, dear. And, yeah, we've been doing a few of the, the expeditions. They've been good fun. We mostly do it on custom worlds, of course. That's us. like to play it easier. Well, when you have a partner to play with and, and a place mm. to play, and you've been building on custom, like you've got all your stuff there, why not? Mm. You know, that makes sense. Yeah. But it does mean it's just the two of you mostly, more than other people joining. Oh, no, no, no. Yesterday we had the fabulous four playing, Lee and Randy and Charlie doing expeditions. So that was good fun. Oh, nice. Yeah. And we did that on custom because that's where we are. Randy keeps telling me to go over to, to Adventure World and do it. <laughs> but yeah, one day. <laughs> We're having fun with that. Yeah. You notice this week we've got to have these refugee encounters in the White Spring. Yes. They are some strange things there. They I seem to only pop in once a day. They do. So I have some opinions about that. So the encounters yeah. are the cool random quests that do pop up once a day when you go in to the White Springs. So not, not your dailies, but the random people coming in. So like when we did our live playthrough two weeks ago, we got the girl who was upset because she'd busted a robot and uh, yep. with a, her dental floss, holotape. 
It was very odd. <laughs> so yep. we did that one. And I just had one yesterday for this challenge with a couple of janitors arguing. Have you heard that one yet? The challenge got that yesterday, the two, the two robots. Depending on, you can make them be nice to each other or mm -hmm. you can do something for one of them and the other one gets upset. Mine was actually a little different. These were human janitors. And they oh, were okay, arguing, no. one of them wanted to burn the trash. And the other one said, that's going to stink up the place. But I opted for team burn the trash. It was fun. So yeah, oh, those no, are it, neat. It wasn't robots then? Oh, no, it wasn't robots. Sorry, you're the same one. Yeah. Okay. And you cannot to take, tell them to separate the trash, apparently. Mm -hmm. And then they're, both, then they're both happy. Isn't that nice? <laughs> the other one compromised. He was okay with it. At first, he was indignant. But I explained mm. the logic. So, but my yep. opinion on those encounters that you guys have run into is that putting them needing five on the scoreboard, that is almost as bad as the Halloween candy challenge, because essentially that locks you into having to log in every day for five days in a week. Like, I really don't think you should have to do five days to get the weekly. You should be able to achieve it in a couple of days, two or three. But there is a hack to it where if you have multiple characters, who are at the level being able to go to the white spring, each character has a chance of getting it. So instead of once a day, you can get two or three in a day. And also if you do regular adventure mode and custom, you can get it on custom and on adventure. So I have been able to hack it because I, you guys know, I like to only work on challenges maybe twice a week. Yeah, I don't want to focus on challenges every time I log in. That's not as much fun. Yeah, but you get that five day thing as well with the, the other one you got to do every week. Oh, like daily ops? You yeah, can do multiple daily ops in a day. Right. Only lets you do one a day, doesn't it? On ops, you can do as many as you want, but the expeditions, you can only lead one a day. Yeah. No, no, no. In daily ops, you've got to do five for the week. I haven't been able to do all five. The instruction is to do a daily. I'm pretty sure I've stacked those. But to be honest, I got to get that gold star challenge <laughs> and then all the usual weeklies. But the five daily ops, sometimes I don't. Yeah, because if they call it, if it's complete five daily ops challenges... Mm. You can do one a day because yep. there's one challenge with a daily op per day. If it's just complete the five daily ops, you'd be able to stack those. But I think it's complete the challenges. Yeah. Yep. Then, yeah, that would and definitely be once a day. So there'll be a challenge to do a daily up on your dailies. And then the weeklies will say do five daily ops challenges. Yeah, yeah that's it. Yeah, they do so that quite that. a bit. They did that with Meat Week. I just don't um, like those ones. I yeah. do not like that. I don't want something that says you have to log in five days to get something. I mean, don't get me wrong. It does go to the people who are the most dedicated to do that, but you can love a game and not have time. Yeah, That's why I like things that if a person plays, like I might be in four or five days a week, but I'm not doing challenges four or five days a week. So mm. I feel like people who don't even have time to do that and log in twice a week, they should still be able to get a lot of the challenges if they focus. They can get most, but there's, there's always going to be those few, like you say. Mm. There's a reason I'm only level nine. <laughs> <laughs> Indeed, even though it's double yeah. score weekend. So refugee encounters, though, you said they're weird. Yeah, just the funny things that they do. I mean, there's one there that some fellow had lost his hat. It was a very special hat that he got on his graduation or something like that. And could you find it for me? You can see the hat from where you're standing. <laughs> <laughs> you walk 20 paces it's like through two doorways but it's standing beside the second doorway and you pick it up and you bring it back and that's it that's all you got to do it's well hilarious. you know come on get the guy some slack i mean it's not like there's an optometrist on every corner you know maybe the guy needs his prescriptions renewed and that's yeah. it. get him some glasses rather than a hat yeah yep. that's funny yeah and not to tell tales but marigolds and i were talking about this yesterday 
And she said she kind of wishes, this is actually a direct quote, she kind of wished the little extra refugee quests were a bit more complicated. They're always right down the hallway. She's saying the same thing. It seems like yeah. those could be more like real quests. Like some guy asks you to get him a vault Tech mug. There's literally one down the hall. You should have to go to vault Tech University to get it and it'd be more fun. And then she says, yep. but I said that on the Bethesda Discord and I got a lot of downvotes. So maybe other people don't like that. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think people definitely would prefer the easy as possible option. It's kind of like asking for extra homework from the teacher. I get that. <laughs> yeah. And then people complain because, or not complain, but they sort of have a go because I'm always in custom because it's easy. Oh, you're not, it's not a challenge. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I mean, games are meant to be fun. And that's right. Yeah. Speaking so, of which, I, I am doing a challenge on Fallout 4 for the first time. I'm doing it on a survival playthrough. So that wow. can be a challenge. Yeah. yeah. That's Definitely a challenge. And we were talking about how, in a lot of ways, that's the way to play. But how are you finding it? Difficult. <laughs> <laughs> but I managed to get through the glowing sea the first time in one go. Nice. I think this walking, uh, coming back out, but it was a very slow walk for, for about the last half. And it was a, a good thing I didn't run into any big fights. There was only one uh, death claw, which I took out. But Apart from that, yeah, I went, went in with Nick. He only made it halfway in and I got a message saying, Stim, pack your companion. And then straight away a message saying, Nick's gone back to his office. <laughs> he didn't want to talk to me after that. So I haven't been back to see him yet. So Is that how that works? He's like, I'm packing my goodies and going home. <laughs> when, yeah, well, well went down. yeah the, the message came up uh, to Stim, because we went past some enemies of some kind and I walked around instead of tackling them because I'm just trying to get there as easy as I can. And he stayed and fought them because I could hear the gunfire going on behind. So, okay, you do that. I'll keep going. <laughs> and and then it said stimpack him. So he must have lost that fight. Yeah. And then he said he's going back to his office. So, okay. <laughs> <laughs> At least you know where to find him. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but now I've got to the section going up through doing Hunter Hunted at Green Tech Genetics, and that's giving me grief. Yeah, that's a tough um, fight. Well, there's a good reason. You know how when you go into survival, you can go back to the other levels of difficulty, but you can't then come back to survival. Mm -hmm. so, so what I did, I started the game a low level in an easy one and set the character up with what I thought she should need to, to get through survival. So good armor, a good weapon, things like that, and some junk and stuff that you need. And, yeah, I run a few mods that, that make some of the settlements work look a lot better and that kind of thing. So that was all right. She set up and then then jump in. So that's it's on then. You can't go back. And what I did with the weapon, there's a mod for one a weapon called a Saburo, S5. It's a little handgun. And it's and it's a good one. It's, it makes a nice loud bang when you bit it off. And it's small, so it befits the character sort of thing. And I went into Fallout 4 Edit and I changed its settings so that it, it gives more damage than it really should. Okay, <laughs> <So, laughs> if you so, like it. <laughs> so it basically it, it one shots everything but a death claw. And that takes two or three shots. So it's sort of making it a bit easier to go through survival mode, but as long as she's set up with everything, it works. Well, there's so many. Except um, there was one problem. Mm. What I didn't, what I didn't realize when I 
made it so the, the mod for Saburo's came on and then I upgraded the damage that the Saburo can do, I didn't realise that the game also supplied Saburo's to the gunners. Oh, shoot. <laughs> oh, no. That's like when you mod dog meat and then every other attack mod, like you put a yeah. mod on dog meat to make him tougher and then every attack dog in the game is suddenly taking you down in one bite. Yeah. Yep. Yep. <laughs> so it, now I'm in green tech and all of the all of the gunners <laughs> have these one shot <laughs> killing me. Uh, <laughs> and there's a lot of them, too. Yep. <laughs> That's yeah. a Fallout and, 76 level move. I love it. <laughs> And, of course, the problem is you can only save when you sleep. And the nearest bed I've got is Hangman's Alley. And so every time I get killed, I'm back at Hang- Hangman's Alley, got to walk all the way back to Green Tech again. So it's getting tiresome. You need to get a mod for a portable bed. That's something that I do in Skyrim. There's a mod for a cube bed, a Dwemer cube, that is actually a mm-hmm. house inside that you can activate. Mm-hmm. And I love it. You just sleep anywhere. And that's the thing. If you're going to do survival, how many mods do you do to make life easier? I've done some. Should I do more or should I just leave it completely vanilla and terrible time? Yeah, survival is a good place to start from, but you still got to say, how much do I want? Oh, this do I want to put up with? So Yeah. Yeah. And for me, it's not very long. I I get so annoyed (laughs) by the silly mechanics of survival mode that I usually don't last too long. Yeah, I'm confused about because it makes you get sick quite easily but i'm not mm-hmm. sure how to how do you get well because sometimes you sleep and and the hp meter improves and sometimes it gets worse i, don't, I just haven't worked it out yet though so, yeah um, i haven't played it enough to be sure but i know there's antibiotics yep yeah and the disease cares yeah those sometimes work but it depends on i think there's a cross-reference with whether you're hungry or not as well Mm-hmm. And, and if you're or dehydrated, and if you do that, and taking the antibiotics won't work as well as if you. And, and of course, they more dehydrate you, so you've got to use up more. Yeah. Water, so. Yeah, yeah, it's it's just it's it gets really fiddly for me. So. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's know. fun, you know. Oh yeah, it, it's certainly challenging. Yeah, I mean, I've played it if you know, Fallout Four plenty of times with, with it's not real challenging in like easier modes and lots of buffs and using the console to supply everything you want mm-hmm. and so forth. So I've done that and had a great time, but now it's you know, time to sort of give myself a bit of a challenge on it, I suppose. Yeah, something different. But, so you said you're yeah. currently tackling Hunter Hunted. You say you're about mm-hmm. you're at least a third of the way through, right? You consider Hunter Hunted halfway when you transport to the Institute. Yeah. Yeah, I think once yeah, you get yeah, in, yeah, once okay. you're in the Institute, that feels yeah. right. Because I know people divide it into three acts, you know, and like the first third is over when the Brotherhood shows up. And the second third is over kind of around Battle of Bunker Hill when you make some big decisions. And then the next third is after that. I've seen it divided up that way. But really, main story, I feel like Transport Institute is about halfway. So you're getting close. Yeah, yeah, getting there. Yeah, well, I've got to finish that and I've got to go back through the uh, glowing sea yet. So, well, see if Nick will go with you again. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I might, was when I first learned I had to go through the Glowing Sea, I was at, where is it you learned that? But yeah, I, I was sort of of two minds whether I had to, oh, I was in Good Neighbour, that's right. So I've got a very good set of power armour sitting back at the Red Rocket servo, but with no fast travel. Mm-hmm. 
it's a long way. <laughs> yeah, you got to walk all the way. You get that, and then walk all the way down to the glowing sea. So I'll just try going straight to the glowing sea. So had a sleep at there and went down to what's the uh, the tour operator one beside the lake there. Egret. Yes. Yeah, Egret's tours. Yeah, and, and found a, a bed there and walked in from there. Yeah. Well, and there's a settlement right on the edge, Somerville Place, is it? Yep. Right near yeah, the uh, vault where all the gunners are. Yeah, but the difference is to be able to sleep there, I think you have to get them on side because they oh, so many. Oh, and you got to go fight the super mutants. Yeah, whereas at Egret Tours, you've just got to talk to her for a little bit and then you can use that bed. Yeah. So yeah. That, I figured that was easier. Yeah. So yeah, it's having having fun with that. That's about my gameplay. That sounds awesome. That sounds really good. And I look forward to hearing more about how survival's treating you. Definitely gonna yeah. take longer that way. I haven't done a full playthrough on survival. Yeah. There is a thing that's helping at the moment because Oxhorn is currently doing a full playthrough of Fallout 4. And he's on about he's just done the run through Green Tech. And yeah, that just the run through Green Tech is one show. So mm -hmm. that's how he's doing it, piece by piece, one a week. And he's up to about about six weeks or so he's been doing it now. And he goes into everything. Like every time you've got some comment to make, there's four options. He does all four. So, mm -hmm. so it's very involved and you learn. Yeah, everything. he's super thorough. Takes you through unless you play along. I, I love that. Yeah. I haven't watched a recent playthrough of him, but I've seen in the past for sure. He's doing this and he's about to split up into and he'll do all three factions. So this is going to take quite some time for him to get through them all. Well, that sounds awesome. How about you, Ray? Any fallout yourself this week? I mean, you had to work hard to get to five plus four. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, not a, not a ton, but I've got the character that I started just before meet week and trying to figure out. I was I was headed in one direction with it and it's just kind of meh. So I'm sticking with two-handed, <laughs> but I'm thinking that I need to get a hold of one of those auto axes. Oh, yeah. And try that out. That could be fun. Have you ever used a chainsaw as a main? Because it's a lot like that. He's currently got a chainsaw with the longbow and the fire. Mm -hmm. But that's certainly better than the wardglaive. The problem I was having, so I hate blocking. Oh, don't we all? And, <laughs> and so when you use the wardglaive, most of the time... It was especially bad with mole rats. So fast attack characters will constantly take you off of your swing. So if you go to swing to hit them, they'll hit you first and then it kills your, your attack. And so I was fighting these mole rats and they were just bam, 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 bam. Could never get a swing off. You're supposed to block and then that knocks them back and then you swing. No. Yeah, how can you block something that comes up from underneath and bites your ankles? So that's when I switched to the chainsaw. And because that's a constant attack, I think it's rated as very fast. So you're taking them off of their attack. And so you just kind of plow through them. I would think like thorn armor or anything that does like a poison attack with the legendary might help too. Like something that could damage them when they damage you and knock them back for a second. Yeah, I, I can't see me getting to the point where I can get Thorn armor. No, not Thorn. <laughs> no, <laughs> that is true. But you you have two characters in seventy six now, right? You had the one you started, and then you switched around Meat Week to make a new one. Yeah, I, I have all five characters. So my alcoholic character has 
been donating a lot of his stuff to to the new character because mm-hmm. he'll fizzle out eventually because he was a pistol build and it just is not enough fun. Yeah, you don't have any Fallout 4 edit in 76. <laughs> and so the other one that I've been playing is my Abby character, Abby Normal, mm-hmm. just because I like her so much. She's the classic. Yep, yeah, you had to go back. Okay. I knew there was another character involved. I just didn't remember yeah. that you had gone back to Abby. Yeah. So so the character that I have on Xbox is very similar to another one that I have with the Chinese stealth suit and the uh, fixer rifle. And that one actually kind of got a little bit not fun to play because it was too easy. And so I like melee. Yeah, that's your thing. That one in the Chinese, that was the one you were using couple of weeks back on the show well that was that it's the same character that i've got i've got one on pc and one on xbox okay yep so it's essentially the same character all the same build and everything but in no man's sky i'm working on a coming up with the parameters for a challenge run we got talking on the show a few weeks back about and in space only and never landing on a planet and oh. so we started talking about how to make that happen where once you get to the space anomaly, you never land on a planet again. Because now with with the piracy, you can get the contraband stuff and, and make a ton of money by raiding other freighters. And so that actually turned out to be too easy. Oh. So there's no challenge to it at all. Once you Once you get off the ground, once you're in space, you're set. You have all the money you need, and you easily fight the uh, the pirates in their uh, in their spaceships. And so, trying to figure out how to actually make it challenging at this that point. That makes sense. I love that your idea of a challenge run, because you played enough and you guys are in your element in space. As soon as you do it, you're like, yeah, no, this is fine. It's actually the beginning that we the part that you need a challenge during, or well, the beginning of it's already challenging enough because I'm doing it in permadeath, mm. and so. You die for the stupidest reasons, trying to climb a big mountain and you slide down too fast and and land on the ground and die. There's these little creatures, so you have to shoot rocks to get to get metal. And every once in a while, you'll shoot a rock and it'll sprout legs and run off. And so I've got this new character. I'm just starting. I've got to get some metal to start to fixing things. I shoot a rock. And everything's good. And then I shoot a big boulder and the boulder jumps up, sprouts legs and squashes me. (laughs) Just killed me instantly. So those are the kind of things when you're on the planet in permadeath, it's easy enough to, uh, to die for silly reasons. Once you get your spaceship off the ground and get up into space, then you're, then you're set because it's, it's pretty easy to fight other spaceships once you're out, out there in space. So. so space is so much safer than being on the ground. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Been spending a lot of time working on my Skyrim character for the round table. We're working up to an episode where the character has to be level 46. For a specific DLC? For a, Yeah, for a, uh, for a quest to pop up. So I managed to find one character that I had kind of sitting in a corner that was at level 31. And so I dusted that one off and, and have been working on that to get that, that one up. So that'll be, that'll be coming up in a few weeks on the show. And then, so uh, Cyberpunk a couple of weeks ago came out with a new update. And then at the same time, they also released an anime series. Yes, the whole uh, Edge Runners thing. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, a little, just short little 10 episode, really fun anime that has all the elements of the game in it. And it has just absolutely blown up Cyberpunk. Their sales have gone through the roof. There, There's all kinds of stuff going on. And so there's characters in there that you can build in the game and play them yourself. Oh, really? Um, so you can play Yeah, because they use the anime uses all the same mechanics that the game has. So I'm currently running one of the characters' name is Kiwi, and she is a, a net runner. And so I just run around killing people with my brain. So that's been a lot of fun. So and, and it's fun to see the cyberpunk community has definitely gotten on fire. Much larger and on fire. I mean, because you mentioned jumping back into Cyberpunk like two weeks ago, I think you first mentioned it. And that was separate from the anime, right? They had an update, the 1.6 update. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so anytime a big game that I play has an update, I always jump in and check it out. And so I jumped in and there was a lot of cool stuff in there. And then they announced the uh, the anime. So I started watching that. It's been fun to watch. If you think it's good, then I'll have to check it out. I mean, because I am a cyberpunk fan. I feel like a lot of people like me were just waiting for it to be in a good place with like the Mm. next gen update. And that came out, what, April or May? So I felt like it was building in popularity again, more people streaming it, more people talking about it. And then this Edge Runners update and announcing the next expansion, right? Coming out mm. early next year, the Mr. President expansion, whatever it's called. Yeah, I've, I've been trying to avoid too much on that one. There's, I like it to be fresh. And then not terribly surprising, but I've never finished this game. Wait, I am honestly surprised because usually at least the first or second playthrough, you do finish it, <laughs> right? Like you finished Outer Worlds your first time eventually. Yeah, yeah. And, and most of the time I do, I guess it's not, but there are so many character options in this game that I just became apoplectic. It was just, I just couldn't not try this. I got to build a character, but everything has to really be from the ground up because there's so many trees that you're filling in. And I watched the video series, they called it the mother of all builds. So you go through in the most efficient way to start the beginning of the game. And then you have a character that you, then you can jump off and build in all the other characters. Well, none of the characters that I've wanted to build has fit with that build mm-hmm. until now so this kiwi character it fit perfectly and so i was able to use that but otherwise i have to start from the very beginning of the game over and over and over again and so i just have never really gone beyond act two wow okay that that's really cool i'm glad you're getting experience <laughs> now and in a way where it works because from some other people i've heard that while things really ratchet up at the end, it's also where it got a little bit messy at first, mm. where the quests weren't as deep and just running section to section to section outside of the romances. So, Yeah, so we'll see. I know they changed a lot of stuff in the way that the game played. I can see a lot of things changed from the first time I've gone this far. So it'll be interesting to see. That's awesome. But it's, it's a little bit like 76 when they added the Wastelanders, the beginning quests changed and, mm-hmm. you know, some of the, the ways that you do things are different now. Same, same thing happened in Cyberpunk. They took out some of the needlessly complex fetch quests and stuff that you had to do. That <clears throat> so sounds great. It's been, it's been fun. Clint, just a quick question. Have you ever played Cyberpunk? No, never. 
Okay. Just thought I'd ask. I know it's all fallout all the time, like we established early, but I also know like Baker jumped into Cyberpunk recently. Yeah. Right. Nah, I haven't tried it yet. So. Yeah. When, when I get sick of Fallout. It's really a fun game and it's got some great com- mechanics in it. It certainly had a rough start. You know, they made some poor choices as far as their backwards compatibility goes. And it was always kind of hard for me to hear that stuff because for me, it was flawless. I mean, it was working perfectly. I never had any issues with it. And so to see everybody struggle so much, it was kind of a bummer because it, it really is a fun game. You did need a, a fairly high-end PC to play it, though, don't you? Yeah. Yeah, it's definitely intensive. I know there. I get every once in a while, I'll get a little bit of a stutter when I'm playing because it's a very graphic, intensive game. Yeah, it seems like it. I mean, that was really the biggest issue with it was the fact that it didn't run on last-gen consoles that launched very well at all. Even the console versions were already cut down for PlayStation and Xbox trying to run it on last-gen. I mean, it just wasn't wasn't happening well. Yeah. So that about does it for your gameplay. Anything else? Well, it just kind of made me, the anime series kind of made me think about if there's going to be a resurgence when the Fallout TV show comes out. It's certainly the hope, I'm sure, especially on Bethesda's part, since, you know, it's another 10 years before they release Fallout (laughs) 5. (laughs) Oh, do I hear 20? Yeah, I think that's actually a reasonable thought. I mean, it's a different scenario in that cyberpunk as a game, as a video game is a new thing. And a lot of people were putting off playing it who had maybe even purchased it and dabbled or were like, oh, I'll get it when it's good. This in some ways redeems it and brings a lot of people in who might have tried it eventually anyway. Whereas with Fallout, it's more established. A lot of people have already tried it, but some of them might be waiting to jump back in and might bring in new fans. Like when the Witcher TV show came out, that's another kind of maybe more analogous to Fallout. Witcher had three games already, Mm -hmm. but as the TV show happened on Netflix, it definitely upped the popularity of the games, which had already upped the popularity of the books. So I can I can see a lot of people coming in because of it. Maybe not on the level of Cyberpunk, where people are saying it's like the most played concurrent game lately and stuff like that on Steam. Mm. <laughs> but Yeah, I hadn't seen any of the numbers on it, but I could just tell by the internet traffic talking about it. Yeah, there have been a few articles mentioning like it hit 85,000 concurrent players on Steam on September 18th, which is the highest it's been since January 2021 after launch. And the other day, it actually had broken the record for Witcher 3 as far Mm. as players in a day. And Witcher 3, as we know, was incredibly popular and successful. I mean, this isn't Call of Duty numbers, I suppose, or Grand Theft Auto. So probably not the highest on Steam, but very, very high. Yeah. Yeah, I do think that that could happen. How about how about you, Clint? I mean, you already like Fallout, but have you had yep. a franchise where you were interested in a different version? As in like where a movie made you want to go back and read a book or a book made you want to read a movie right. or a game made you want to, you know? Yeah, there's a couple of movies over the years that have done that. And you want to see what the difference is. I think the, uh, what's the name? Park, Jurassic Park was one where the made you want to read the, well, reading the book. The movie was quite disappointing, apparently, because <laughs> so, Charlene read, read, did both. And yeah, so I didn't go and read the book because Charlene said you'll be, it was a lot better. Yeah. Well, that, that happens because a movie's only an hour and a half long or, you know, thereabouts, whereas a book can be any size. Yeah, it's a lot to fit in, a lot to fit yeah. in. But just think about how it sparks mm. interest. I, I can see that. I just, I don't think it's going to be to the level 
of this, nor do I think it'll be a 76 redemption story like we're seeing <laughs> the cyberpunk redemption story, but partly because 76 doesn't need redeemed. It already redeemed itself with Wastelanders. <laughs> yeah. That's why people say, oh my goodness, is 76 going to fail? I say, no, it's too late to fail because it already succeeded. Yeah, it, it can fade, it can peter out, it can wind down, but it can't fail now that it's succeeded. Yeah, but will it resurge? That's the thing. Yeah. It, it, it might depend on where they base this, the TV show of Fallout. Is it going to be based on Fallout 4 or Fallout 76 or 3 or do we know that? No, we don't. No, we don't. Speculation runs rampant. Having seen the Vault 32 information and and labeling on things, a lot of people are thinking, well, it's probably Midwest to West Coast Vault since sequentially on the numbers, most of the ones we've seen that low have been Central to West Coast America and everything east of the Mississippi has been higher Vault numbers. But it could also be the order that they were built in to an extent or commissioned which means another big city like Atlanta or New York or something might have a lower number vault as well. Just because it's been a precedent, there's not a lore statement that actually says that as far as I'm aware. So I don't think there's anything saying in stone that a lower number vault has to be West Coast. Yeah. But that's what some people suspect. Yeah. And the good thing about the anime was that it wasn't set in the same time frame as the as the game so it gave it some latitude as far as the storyline and it didn't have to click with anything specific in the game but the thing that it did for the game was one it was a very exciting show but two it also highlighted some of the different kind of character builds yeah so it really might not matter with the fallout one yeah i think that if it's done well, then it's going to pique interest in the Fallout game you liked to play the most. Yep. Yeah. Not I, necessarily I can, drive people to a specific game. I can imagine it would be set around somewhere around the 200-year post the bum drop, whereas 76 is only 25 years afterwards. Yeah. There's a real difference there between the two versions. Of, Speculation you know, on time frame has been closer to Fallout 2 for various reasons. So, yeah, you're mm-hmm. looking at 160 years or so. Yeah. We will see. There's still more information coming about the Fallout TV series, too. I'll just mention that real quick. You keep seeing little by little people being added to the IMDb cage. Right. Yeah. Yeah. There is a confirmed Raider character. Let's see. <laughs> All kinds of people that I don't know their resume but some of them I recognize, <laughs> someone named Russell Ewing. Like they keep adding characters to the, to the list. Gets me all speculating. Here's an interesting one. There is a child actor named Mason Kufari, who is labeled as Birthday Boy Roy in episode two. So oh, okay. yeah, that makes me think, of course, the Fallout 3 scene mm-hmm. with uh, Birthday Boy and the party going on, turning 10 in the vault. And I don't know this actor's age, but they look probably 10 to 12, right around there. So who knows? Maybe there's some connection to that. Yeah. So much to think about. Yeah. He's born 2013. So he's nine years old. Mason Kufari. Just a lot to speculate. I'm excited to learn more. They have become a lot more secretive. After the initial leaks, <laughs> I think they realized that too much info was getting out and they did the little cease and desist and pulled some stuff down. And yeah. 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 It's kind of like a trial tried in the media. You don't want your story halfway told by bits and pieces. It just it would be weird. Yeah. Yeah. You only want their own blogs and so forth, you know. Yeah. You don't need to have everybody speculating. Like they did before 76 came out. Yeah. Well, does that wrap up thoughts on the show for now? Did you do your gameplay? No. So 
gameplay. I did play lots of Fallout this week. It, it spent, it was a good busy week. Saturday, Sunday, I got all my weeklies in. End of week, I'm like, oh my gosh, it's Saturday evening. I haven't done any weeklies yet. I was kind of lax. So I jumped in to push it over the edge because after having a really strong start, it hurt to start to fall behind on the score. Right now, I am, I think, 40 or 41 at the moment on the scoreboard. So I'm not up to the big 5-4 like Clint, but I'm doing okay. So I got all those weeklies in. Joined with Marigolds for some gameplay. You jump in to do one thing and like Fallout often does to us, it just kind of pulls you into the next event yep. and the next event. And especially when the weeklies are a bit more specific, as we talked about, weeklies and dailies. When you have to find 10 things of dog food and 25 pre-war food, you know what I mean? And you're like, wait, double dipping because you ate the dog food you had as part of the pre-war food. And then they gave you dog food. But if I knew that, I would have saved the dog food, but you didn't. And now it's been a pain. Mm -hmm. And now we've got dog food again. Yes. Yesterday, dog food <laughs> again. Dog food plus pre-war food three times within a five-day period. I mean, we're hitting all our stashes. We're depleting our reserves. <laughs> uh, you know? No, we're not. No, we're not getting that covered. My level up character, who is level 15 and mm -hmm. like nine, nine tenths, <laughs> so that when I do a level up, I just bring her up and just do one event and I'll and she'll level up. So there's those things together. But now I'm I'm loading her up with dog food and pre-war food. Good way to yeah. do it. I have started stocking up a little yeah. bit too. After what they yeah. kind of exposed us to, we took a workshop, Sunshine Meadows, and I'm like, yep. okay, hey, let's do this to make our own food. But we're on public, so it's risky. So we did our defense mm. event. We took it. We got everything set up, making food. And lo and behold, yep, stomp, 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 power armor, bam, 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 dead. Both of us a lot. She was excited. She's like, that's my first time being PvP'd. <laughs> and uh, yeah, so went back a few times, tried to sneak in, tried to come around, kept getting killed, managed to get the mac and cheese out of the machine at least. So I got my food. Yep. So I got the food we'd already generated. They can have their new food. But of course, mm -hmm. they were guarding it for like the next hour or two we're playing. So we went, we did Moonshine Jamboree, jumping around, working on the yep. weekly. And about an hour and a half, two hours later, they weren't around there anymore. And I saw they had jumped in expedition. So I went back retook the workshop, claimed all the <laughs> Salisbury steak they were making. Mm -hmm. And yeah, it was very tasty. And I felt very proud. <laughs> nice. Yep. Now, I haven't done it in a while, so I'm not sure it still works. But it used to be that the Halloween candy that you got from Monster Mash worked for mm -hmm. pre-war food. It does. It still does. Yeah. Does yeah. I've still Halloween got candy. over 500. Yeah. Yeah. Popcorn works too. If you have the popcorn machine whether from last year's Halloween event or from Gold Bullion now. <laughs> mm. Works for pre-war. I am pretty sure. Check me but if I'm wrong. I only just made it. I know, <laughs> but it's, I guess it's a classic food. I don't yeah. know. Mm -hmm. I've got that stuff. I'm stocking up on food and I found some good dog food locations. One thing that's kind of come out of this, having so many in a row, people trading dog food locations. Lacey talking about how raiders seem to have a whole lot. Just running sunny top and checking all the stashes and looting all the bodies. You get lots of dog food. Uh, super mutants, super mutants love their meat. So they've got lots of dog food. In my case, my thing is, if you see a dog house, there's often dog food nearby. And there's like this porch in South Morgantown that usually has three cans and there's one nearby. And so we're finding it. Traditionally, my method of finding dog food was always go to a Red Rocket or convenience store, and there's usually two or three around the area. Yeah. And I'm finding that it's sometimes there, sometimes not. So I was trying to build up my stack of it, 
So I'd have one character and go and find it in a particular spot, change characters, go back there. Nope, it's gone. Yeah. Even a whole, even on a new world, make a new world, new character, go back to the same spot. No, it's not there. Thing about it random be, spawns. Yeah. Well, it might be back there next week or the week after or something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's like with um, bobbleheads. It mm. there are ways when you loot things in certain areas that are always there. Then yes, the loot. If you loot it, it'll carry over. It'll. You need to pick up enough items for stuff to respawn. But then there's mm. the ones like some foods and uh, certainly bobbleheads that it rotates where it's going to spawn anyway. It's not a guaranteed spawn. Kind of yeah. like finding well, a Wendigo. <laughs> yeah, it keeps track of stuff you've looted though, uh, because I know when I was doing the uh, the straight jacket runs through the asylum, even if I went in custom world or not custom world, private world, and then into a, a public world, it always remembered that those were gone. Yes, and it would yeah. be a couple of weeks before they would respawn. Well, it's based on the number, the magic 250. You have to loot a certain number of items before it forgets some of the old ones you did. So you can oh, reset yeah. all your items in a day if you want. Gotcha. I was thinking it's more, it seems like it's tied to the character, rather to the account rather yeah. than the characters yeah. you know, or the worlds or anything like that. But it seems to be on your account. If you go back there, it ain't there. Well, that's interesting. I always thought it yeah. was character to character, but I guess I haven't really tested too much if it would be account wide. Maybe some things are, some things aren't. Yeah, you never know. Running around too, was looking for a place for a second camp for marigolds. And of course, because I'm looking and having fun doing that, I ended up finding a new place for a camp I had to try too. So I went and I built all night at a new location. I'm really excited about. I was there because we also had to kill Wendigos this week. And Mm -hmm. yes, I know there's always one in the cave, but I have a reluctance to go to the cave. So I tried all the other locations. So, you know. I checked Sal's Grinders. I checked Freddy Fears. I checked Site B12 or whatever in the bog. Like there are a couple down there in the bog. All the regular places. And of course, the Seneca Visitor Center is a great one. But lately, it's been more Yao Guai or Honey Beast or whatever. Also, yeah. I did this on both PC and Xbox because I don't know, glutton for punishment. I was, did challenges on both this week. And so I had so much trouble that was taking a long time, but I realized at the Seneca Rocks Visitor Center that you can build right next to some of the houses just up over the ledge where there's a little road right behind the hotel and there's a nice sidewalk. You can build there. So put a new camp in that area. Tuesday, I ended up streaming. So I usually do Wasteland Retro on the Tuesdays on UWN that I stream, usually involving our playthroughs. So for New Vegas or Fallout 4 or whatever, I'll end up streaming that on UWN instead of ASA. And this week, you know, I didn't want to jump in and do New Vegas DLC. I didn't want to start a new, well, I did want to start a new Fallout 4 character, but I didn't because I'm responsible a little bit sometimes. And so I went in and I just did a building stream and built a haunted house because Halloween's starting up. So that was a lot of fun. Spent a couple hours working on that. I guess I was in Fallout almost every day this week. It's a good thing that we're on different platforms then. Because I've built a house up on top of Seneca Rocks. I'd be throwing rocks on your roof. (laughs) (laughs) You would. That's awesome. Yeah, you'd be in the distance. But I bet you'd be close enough that I could at least see part of your camp. Yeah, it's funny. It's slightly out because I can fire a fat man down to Seneca Rocks Visitor Centre, but it doesn't reach there. It doesn't go off. But it will go off just behind the rock. So if that's Mm -hmm. where your house is. Yeah, that is right nearby. It's a great yeah. location because you got a street, you got a little trail coming up the side. It's really fun. And just running around looking for camp build spots is a great way to play the game too. Because you end up going everywhere on foot. So it's that classic thing like survival mode or no fast travel, where you're just kind of exploring everywhere. Who knows what you'll run into? It's a fun mm-hmm. way to play. Yeah. 
But that was my gameplay. Yeah, yeah, I like running from A to B rather than fast travel, if you've got the time. Mm-hmm. Well, if that wraps up our gameplay, I think it's time for a rousing game. What do you guys say? Oh, game time. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Always fun. So I have one set up already. So I've been forwarded uh-huh. some sound clips, okay? And mm-hmm. they are labeled Mutant Hound and Vuvuzela. Oh. Yes, it's time. <laughs> this is such a hard game. <laughs> I haven't played that before, so I'm going to oh. Uh, Maybe you're in for a treat. You'll be our lucky. <laughs> I mean, we keep saying that, but hope springs eternal. So I'm going to play you guys three sounds, okay? And you're going to tell me if this is a super mutant hound or Vuvuzela, okay? Get ready. Okay. Let's let Clint go first. He's our oh. guest. He should go first. And oh. also, he's less experienced, so he's less likely to get it right. Then, of course, I mean, this could be your time, Ray, because you've been practicing. Okay. Tell me right now, Clint, is mm-hmm. this a super mutant hound? Or Vuvuzela. Oh, it, it is difficult, isn't it? I've, you know, because I've heard the Super Mutant Hound a lot of times, but yeah, you know, Vuvuzela's come across. I'm going to have to say that one's the one I've heard. So it's a Super Mutant Hound. Oh my God! Yes, that what? was a Super oh. Mutant Hound. <laughs> oh <laughs> man! Did it. Beginner's luck. Ooh. Oh, okay. And okay. Andrew will be so happy I got it. I know he's been waiting for someone yeah. to get it. He's going to be so proud. But wait, wait, <clears throat> Ray, mm-hmm. okay. can't let the new guy show you up. Okay. Uh-huh. Yeah, right, I got you right. All right. Yeah. Uh, I'm going to okay. concentrate. Concentrate here. I'm going to reach randomly. I'm going to click on these files. I'm not even going to look myself. Okay. Let's see which one. Is this a Vuvuzela or a Super Mutant Hound? <laughs> oh, that's a, no, no, no. It's a Mutant Hound. Yes, that was a mutant hound. What? Oh, two, Ray. two in a row. Oh, oh my God. You guys. I are... thought for sure it was a Vuvuzela, but then I thought, no, I'm never right. So it's got to be a mutant hound. It, it's that little bit at the end, isn't it, Ray? That you, it, it changes just a bit. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's been a while since I've heard the Vuvuzela, to be sure, but wow. Yeah. You guys are doing amazing. Okay. Final one. This is anybody's guess. So whoever knows first, just feel free and say it. I've only got one left, so I know what it's going to be. But I'm going to warn you ahead. This is a really hard one. Get ready. Here it is. Preston Garvey, Commonwealth Minuteman. I've gotten word about a settlement that's being threatened by raiders. (sighs) Yeah, hear that that bit at the end is different, isn't it, right? (sighs) Gosh, it's so hard. Uh, uh, Jess, could we possibly hear that one more time? Okay, not a problem. Towards the very end. I'll turn it up just a little for you. I've got something else for you to look into. I'll mark the location on your map. Okay, Ray. Yeah. What do you got? That's a Vuvuzela. (laughs) It is. Yep. (laughs) Amazing. I can't believe it. Amazing. I cannot believe it. How did we get so good? Okay, you guys, this is fantastic. I mean, we played this thing so many times. I mean, eventually we had to figure it out. We have been training yeah, yeah. for this moment for a year, I think. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Andrew will be so proud of us. He will for be. Sure. He will yeah, be. Yeah. Happy for us. Yeah. <laughs> well, that concludes this rousing round of Mutant Hound or Vuvuzela. Oh, my. Yeah, I don't know what to say to that. That was... <laughs> 
<laughs> you know, I don't know. It was uh, shocking can you, can you, to say the least. You guys are on your game. I mean, dare I say it? Someone might say there's been some shenanigans happening, but I'm sure that's not going to be the case. Haters. Well, you, might, you might have to cut out my laughing hysterically at that. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> Will do. So uh, let me lay just a couple quick iguana bits on you guys, if that's okay. Mm-hmm. So here's breaking news. Well, not anymore because it's a day and a half old, but it's double score weekend, y'all. You may have noticed that we didn't mention that last week and it wasn't on the community calendar. No, script surplus, gold rush, Minerva's big sale, but we've actually got a double score weekend happening too. Everything all at once, all the time. I, I noticed that full at first doesn't get the percentage double. So we're getting score plus 25% mm-hmm. plus score. Yes, they've explained that before, that the way the boost works, it doesn't work on the double. So they're only doubling the base amount, kind of additive versus multiplicative, kind of like they do stuff in a lot of the effects in the game right now. But that was a welcome thing, and I can see two reasons for it. While a lot of people are enjoying pit expeditions, there are also people who hyped it up to be more than it actually was. And so had people coming back who've been like, I don't know, I'm already getting, this seems repetitive. I'm not enjoying expeditions as much as I thought. I've definitely heard some of that from people. Double score, keep them going until the alien event coming up on Tuesday. You know, we'll see if that helps. Whatever entices people, get that scoreboard done. And we have aliens coming up again on Tuesday. A lot of people haven't done aliens yet. We've had them only twice. And some people missed them or weren't playing at the time. So I'm excited for that. Something different every couple of months getting one of these events I really like. And double score is great for me because I got some good double on the dailies. Back to people talking about expeditions, mm-hmm. I'm finding it's good fun because you, it's it's not the same every time you do an expedition. There's a combination of two things you have to do. And so, yeah, there's half a dozen expeditions you can do and none of them be the same. So Yeah, I'm really enjoying them too. I'm finding like a lot of my friend group, people are enjoying them. It's just a case of are you enjoying them for what they are, which is good fun mixed up something great to add the rotation once maybe a couple times a week that first week when we did like nine or ten of them can't keep doing that and i think that's what some of the people now who are saying oh i don't know i'm a little tired of them they were people who in situations were maybe joining random teams and getting kicked partway through or near the end dealing with the dropout stuff like that it does take a little bit of the shine off it when you deal with that stuff but in my mind the overall sentiment is that they are a welcome addition that's certainly how i feel but some people I think wanted more out of it. Every time I play it though, because I still, I find little things I hadn't seen before. Even the thought and effort that went into the refuge dailies. Yes, you have to do Esme and Sophie and then either Skippy or Rucker every time. So that seems repetitive, but there's enough little differences with like the Rucker quest or the Skippy quest. For a lot of the Rucker stuff, you have to go for medical supplies. You have to actually find a terminal And so they added entries and stuff to all these terminals that then directs you to another place. It's a little bit repetitive, but there was definitely work and story put in to make this all work and function. I found a new place today because of it. Oh, that's awesome. And you have to get a photograph for Jenny Brown. And there's a whole little settlement up there that they've built out of tree houses called The Refuge or something. Oh, yeah. Is that the one that's part of the Brotherhood of Steel quest line? I think that was part of Steel Dawn. Was it? Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and that's when that came in was yeah. the Steel Dawn a year and a half ago. Yeah. yeah. There's Jenny Brown and somebody else. There's two named characters up there, and the rest of them are just settlers. Yeah, because it used to be Scorched. Yeah. They lived in those tree houses or ghouls. 
Mm. One of them. But yeah, yeah, with the Brotherhood, they populated that and I had to go do a quest there. So that's something that's made me find a place I haven't been. That's awesome. Taking you around different places in the game. I like that too. Mm. Sending us places, making us do things. I like the vibe. So yeah, if we're going to talk expedition, I am still definitely in favor of it. I'm glad there's more coming because it's not a full year's worth expansion. If this was all we were getting for a year, then I would certainly be a little disappointed. But we got Mothman Equinox in last December. We got the alien event. We've got a number of cool quality of life changes and stuff added to ops mixed in, new events there. Now we've got expeditions and everything added for that. Then we got Nuka World on tour coming on top of other events rotating and stuff like that. So I feel like it's a pretty good cadence. It's not the quest I would like. It's not the new expansion every year, but I'm happy with it. Yep, doing new things. Yeah. Keeping us entertained to a degree. Exactly. I mean, I was already happy playing the game, hanging with friends, building stuff. You give me something else to add to the rotation in there, I'm even happier. You're just basically making the menu more varied. Sure, it's a place I go to a lot. Sure, I've tried everything on the menu, but they add new items here and there, and I can go to my old favorites, and it ends up working out. And that's what 76 is for me. It's not a whole new adventure all the time. We get new things sometimes. Yep. And we're comfortable in the surroundings as well to then mm-hmm. go and do the new things. If I'm going to play in a sandbox, I'd rather it was Fallout themed. It's like even when we played Minecraft, we did it in a Fallout world because, <laughs> you know, better. Yep. Well, that's really all the iguana bits I got. Not a whole lot new to mention there. There was a Camp Creations article that came out. It was industrial themed this time. Some very cool camps in there. And it is October now. We are hitting midnight on the East Coast as I speak. And so October, of course, the 25th anniversary month and a whole lot of things happening for that. So there's already been some stuff mentioned that we've brought up, like the cosplay events on the 22nd, 23rd in different locations. There's the New Vegas, West Virginia, DC, and Boston ones that people are doing. Wikipedia Wikipedia mentioned that they are doing a special interview. I believe it's actually going to be on Bombs Drop Day, right around the 23rd with Tim Kaine, Leonard Boyarski. And that's going to be a fun thing. They're asking people to submit questions, do a talk with them. They're actually going to be making several appearances throughout the month, as you can imagine. As some of the originators of Fallout, they are definitely going to be making the rounds and talking about the inspiration for the first game. And one of the things that encouraged me to finally get in and actually play Fallout 1 and take you guys through that as I go. Yeah, that'll be interesting. If you're going to do that on streaming or something, are you? That's the hope. That is the hope to, if not stream it, record it, stream some of it. Because right now I don't play on PC and stream at the same time, but that is not the most intensive game. And I've got the new PC. So I'm going to try to make it work. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. The, the trickiest part is getting it dumbed down enough to play the game. So <laughs> we'll make that work. But then, of course, we have to stream some of our New Vegas DLC. I keep hearing from people that we need to see you guys play Dead Money. We need to see you guys play this stuff. And we are very loose with the roundtable right now since New Vegas ended. We got to get something formalized soon, but in the interim, well, we will try to stream some DLC or Fallout 1 this month. That's all I've got, Ray. Do you have anything else for tonight? I think that pretty much wraps it up. Fun for me, too. Ah, imagine being able to get that. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I'm just grateful that your luck rubbed off on me. Yeah, uh, uh, it's a bit sad that Andrew wasn't here to see it, but no, never mind. Well, I'm sure he'll listen and I'm sure he'll hear all about it. Yeah. And we'll probably hear him screaming from here when he does hear. <laughs> Do you think he'll sound more like a Superman hound or a Vubazela while he's screaming? <laughs> oh, we'll record it and we'll see. We know. That'll we be the it. new game. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> mutant head Vivazella or Andrew screaming. All right. Well, that certainly wraps it up for this episode. I don't have everybody's thing, Clint SC9, if I remember right. That's correct. Okay. And Jess is certainly at the U Wastelanders. That beautiful. And, and at Sleep is for Tea. Oh, and Dames of Game too. Yeah. Yep. And <laughs> Sleep is for Tea. You can find my extremely rare posts at at Ray LB. There was a lot of froggies this week, though. Yeah, yeah. Had some good frog action going this weekend, my new day geckos. And you can also catch the latest episode that dropped today of the Butcher Baker and Cutman Maker in Space. And follow us at BBCISSS for all the latest No Man's Sky stuff. And we will see you in the wasteland. Thank you for downloading this episode of the Fallout Feed Roundtable. If you are interested in doing a play-along character with us, the show can be contacted by emailing falloutroundtable at gmail.com. For the roundtable schedule, our Amazon link, and all other show information, please head on over to asapodcasting.com, where you will find the Fallout feed, the Skyrimatic podcast, our YouTube channel, the Chatterbox, as well as other content. Once again, thank you for downloading, and we'll see you in the wasteland. And hello, Rook. Hello, Sullivan, Lee, and Randy. Thank you guys so much for listening tonight. Thank you for the chatting. We were a little off the cuff. We had notes, but you did it our way. (laughs) (laughs) Yes. The seats of our pants got a lot of action today. (laughs) God, it's so funny. The chat was like, Andrew will not be proud. You ruined the shit up, Rook. Yeah. You guys are in big trouble. Yeah. Oh, yeah. He's the one who chose not to come in tonight. And, you know, I guess that's the last time I'll ever be on the show. Yeah, uh, yeah no, he won't blame you.